As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on, everybody? I trust that everybody made it through the Thanksgiving holidays. Um, I'm betting many of you committed to sending gluttony, though. I'm just going to say that because I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> Me and a, a buddy of mine have talked different times. And this is not an original thought. Other people, have, I've heard them mention this as well. The sin of gluttony is the most tolerated sin out there. It is, um, it's joked about. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, just a little bit, uh, just a little bit uh, big around the, the, the waist here, you know, and it's, that's kind of how it goes. In fact, a, a lot of, Preachers even almost take pride in that. Like the, some of those Baptist preachers, the IFB preachers, which I want to give you some clips of at some point because uh, that's an entertaining bunch as, as well. Very entertaining. But don't make jokes about, you know, just being overweight and stuff like that. It's like, what if we did that about being a drunk? <laughs> what if we did that about, uh, you know, cheating on your spouse? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I just... Uh, you know, slept with a little too many women over the weekend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it wouldn't go over. It wouldn't go over at all. I, that's weird, though. That's weird how that one is tolerated. I ain't gonna lie. I do feel convicted on that one a lot. And I try to do better. But we all know how that goes. Mm. Doesn't mean you quit trying it, right? Listen to your own preaching, Phil. <laughs> Can you imagine me as a preacher? Oh, Lord. So I got to say, I, I feel very, very thankful, really, to be a part of this, of this little movement that's going on. It, it does seem like that something started happening about, really started like stepping up, not necessarily started happening, but really started getting, gaining some speed about four or five years ago, where people started to stand up against legalism in the church and uh, in the Baptist outfit, you know, in the Pentecostal movement and um, in the CHM. The, the CHM didn't have a whole lot of criticism, widespread criticism for a while, for a long time. However, that has changed. And I want to shine a spotlight on some people 
and when I say I feel thankful to be a part of this movement, it's we're playing a very small part here. But man, I'm so glad to be a part of it. And would it be wrong to say I, I feel proud to to stand with with some of these others? You know, of course, Berean Holiness is doing phenomenal job. They always do, and and they are really well. They have a reach like it's a bit hard to comprehend what they've got going on over there. But it's it's wonderful. And um, recovering fundamentalist podcast, church split, uh, some of those others. Their reach is phenomenal. They've been doing it for a few years now. But there are some others that have started within the past, let's say, three months, something like that. And they are starting their projects to directly help people that have left the CHM or are thinking about it. Basically, the same um, type of audience that, that we've been targeting ourselves for a while. And I want to shine a spotlight on them because I think they're doing a very, very good job. There's, I, I just met this guy not too long ago. I actually, I didn't meet him. We've talked over Facebook Messenger, which I do to a, a lot of y'all. And his name is Nick Lavender, Nick and Janelle Lavender. They come from the holiness movement from the CHM. And they have started a podcast called Beyond the Vow. Now, I didn't hear about this thing. Nick had been talking to me. This little sneaky fella. <laughs> he had been talking to me and never mentioned they'd started a podcast. And one day I stumbled on, I'm like, you didn't tell me about this, dude, because it is good. It's really good. Beyond the Vow, uh, Nick and Janelle Lavender, they cover everything from like what's wrong with the CHM and what the CHM can do to fix it. Some of the issues there. Um, they cover some mental health issues and, and here's the thing they are this good and they're still pretty new like i think what uh let me pull up my phone here i want to see how many episodes they've got out. i want to say they're right about 10 episodes and they've been releasing on a very a very good schedule as well we're talking like multiple a week yeah looks like they just released episode 11 16 hours ago and their first episode was wow looks like just a little over a month ago so they are on fire they're tearing it up, and they're talking about some uncomfortable topics, too, which need to be talked about. They're talking about um, um, what role that sex and virginity and stuff like that played in the CHM and how that was how that was looked at and how it was difficult for somebody that may have um, maybe found themselves falling into a little bit of a more raucous lifestyle, how it could you know, be hard for them to bounce back from that. And they don't just throw stones and leave you with with no solution they always they at least what i've noticed um they seem to always suggest things they're not just like you guys are stupid and then just leave it at that they they do a really good job so that is uh beyond the vow it's on uh i get it you can get it the same place you get us beyond the vow and um i think we have posted a link to the spotify page over on our facebook page Nobody broadcast facebook page but go check them out. They're they're doing a fantastic job. A fantastic job. There's also uh, Tracy Bowen. And Tracy has started a project. She's doing videos on Facebook. And she, as you know, we're big fans of Tracy over here. Uh, Tracy always does a phenomenal job of speaking. She could... Uh, Tracy, you should have been... You should have been like a car salesman or something. <laughs> You're very good at just speaking. 
I feel like you could talk somebody into a you know a brand new Cadillac or something very easily. <laughs> but anyways, Tracy has started something called the the hard work of hope. And from what I understand, in her introductory video, she created this account a good while ago and then didn't actually start posting anything until just about what three, four weeks ago, something like that. And she, Tracy, as you all know, does not pull punches. And she talks um, very plainly as well, as do uh, uh, Nick and Janelle, too. They're very good at this. But here's the thing. Tracy Bowen and Nick and Janelle Lavender, they speak very plainly, <laughs> but don't grate on your nerves like we do. <laughs> They're not, they're not uh, maybe as, as off-putting as, as the hillbillies are. <laughs> they're very good. They're very good with it. Uh, nobody's going to, uh, you know, accuse them of like, well, you guys are being vulgar, or, you know, just mocking, making fun. No, they do a very good job at it, and um, I can't compliment them enough, um, both of these projects, for what they're doing. The Hard Work of Hope with Tracy Bowen. So far, she's talked about, like, the, the history of the CHM, kind of where it came from. She talks about some of the standards. She talks about why she started this thing. She talks a little bit about, you know, her upbringing in the CHM and, and she'll post some pictures over there. I, I seen there was um, one of those kind of a, it was a, um, almost like a, what is, like a TikTok video where it's just kind of a per progression of her in the CHM. And then as she grew out of that, you know, and, and how her looks changed, things like that, which I always find very interesting. So, Tracy's doing a phenomenal job. Go check her out. She is only on Facebook, as far as I know. Instagram, too, I think. I don't know if the videos are... Tracy, I did not do my research, I guess. I'm just realizing it now. But I do know you can find her on Facebook. So go to Facebook and look for the hard work of hope and check out those videos. Very good. So the third one that has just started recently that I really want to um, give some props to this is called Aisha's Journal, and the way you spell that is A-Y-E-S-H-A, Aisha's Journal. And she came out of a particularly uh, culty uh, denomination in the CHM. I won't say what. I'll, I'll leave all that for her to give the details on. But I think my wife actually talks with Aisha and I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong. I am so sorry. But I think uh, Missy talks with her on a regular basis. And um, I believe she, her and her husband were pastors, CHM uh, pastors at one point. Or, well, I guess technically her husband would have been. She was a pastor's wife. That's one of those things. Like the CHM, you never really know where they stand on women pastors or women preachers in general. Because I, I didn't even know really that this was a big debate growing up in the CHM because we always had Judy Williams. You know, Judy Williams was always, um, she was always at Clinton camp. She was like around here in West Virginia for revivals. She'd be, so I didn't even realize that was a big debate until after I left the CHM, I guess. But, and then of course, uh, I think <laughs> some of my reformed buddies, <laughs> I picked up, uh, I picked up from them that they have very strong feelings <laughs> on the subject. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, I apologize for the kind of coughing that you might hear. I just got over COVID here about mm, about a week ago, and this dry cough will not leave. So, uh, yeah, check out Ice's journal. She's she just started this within uh, within the past couple months, and um, she 
tell some about herself. And she also is good at posting, like, you know, just inspiring things that she finds, stuff like that. So check her out as well. Um, I can't leave out, too, some of the ones that's already started. I mean, obviously, Grace's story is phenomenal. And, and I know that they kind of, they hit a different stride. You know, they're not, like, sitting there bashing the CHM, which I don't want you to think that we bash the CHM either. It's, I guess it's all what, in a matter of opinion? I guess we're a lot more vocal about our opposition. Let me put it that way to the CHM gray story kind of hits a different lane. And you heard them talk here when they were on the podcast. And so you know how they feel about it, but they they are more focused on like, like mental health and things like that. Like, like things to where they can, they kind of deal with that and just kind of leave the rest of the uh, being loud. <laughs> I guess to some others, you know, they're, they're a lot more, they're very refined. They're very good at what they do and they bring on some really qualified individuals. Uh, they're having that men's conference too next year in May, which I, I'm thinking pretty strongly about going out to in Cincinnati. Missy went to the women's conference here just a little while ago and we've been planning on doing a whole episode about this and because um, Missy really enjoyed herself out there at Grace Story uh, conference, but they have. They are really, really good. They break down all kinds of topics. They've had Andrew Graham over there as guest uh, once or twice. They've had. Um, they've also uh, talked about CHM two and the good work that's going on over there. And I can't forget about those guys neither. With them working to shine a light on the sexual abuse problem in the CHM, so applaud those guys very, very much. And uh, guys and gal, I can't. I can't forget about. <laughs> can't forget about Reggie. <laughs> Um, let me look here at my notes. Oh, I tell you what, who else? And Don comes from the Pentecostal side, but we'll forgive him for that. Don Van Zandt, he's been around since before. Uh, Don, Don is not new at this thing, but I do want to give him props for sure. Don does a phenomenal job. Very good job over there at, uh, he takes more of a study approach, like a teaching approach, and he's very good at it. He's very good at it. I mean, the guy is, he's, he's good on a microphone. He's, uh, he's good on a camera, too. I mean, handsome devil. And just uh, is able to break down things like holiness and, and you know, what it actually means and, and uh, to talk about legalism and things like that. Uh, and that is the Lost Mission podcast. So you can also check him out there as well. But yeah, I just wanted to shine a light on some of those. So. Uh, some of the, specifically the new ones. You got Beyond the Vow. Uh, you have the Hard Work of Hope on Facebook. Beyond the Vow is a podcast. Hard Work of Hope is a video series, and Aisha's Journal, which you can find on Facebook as well. It does me good when I see people speak out about this kind of thing. You know, when I see that people taking a stand against legalism and and uh, in this case against the legalistic side of the CHM and specifically. Um, I really like to see that. I think there's a lot of good things can be accomplished and, uh, I'm proud of all you. Uh, I'm proud of you guys for whatever that's worth. Probably nothing, but I'm proud of y'all for, uh, stepping out. I know it can't, it, it can't be easy. There are times, and I've said this before here, I don't have a direct link really to the CHM anymore. I've got like, as far as, um, my mom and my dad, you know, dad passed away. Mom's out of the CHM. Um, and I do have, uh, uh, you know, Missy's mom and dad are still in, but they're very, they're very good people. They're very good people. They're very understanding. And I have in-depth conversations with them about this kind of stuff. And, and uh, we'll have a little give and take, you know, 
and I really enjoy it. But as far as like people that would pressure me, I don't have that. And so it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a brave individual or anything uh, sitting over here behind this microphone, you know, playing clips of Jim Plank or what. I just, I'm, I'm not that connected to the CHM anymore. So for some of you, for, for some of y'all that's, that's getting into this, uh, I understand it can be tough because it's, there's times I feel the pressure and I'm not that connected. So I say all that to, to say, I, I'm proud of y'all and thank you for standing up and for doing what you can to help people that have been hurt by legalism and, and by the CHM uh, specifically. But yeah, just wanted to, just wanted to shine a light on that for a minute. Something else for me to mention. So I am a very amateur songwriter. <laughs> it feels, I'm not going to lie, it feels kind of ugh, um, weird to call yourself that, okay? I don't want any of you all to think that I have a big head. Like, look at me, I'm a songwriter. I, I enjoy it. It's a hobby of mine that, um, that I have fun with. And I like to do it, and I like to record the music. and all. You, all, you all know that. But for the past, like, what? little over a year we have focused very hard on the chm and when you focus on this stuff all the time i tend to stay kind of riled up about it and sometimes it does get to me and uh, that's why i'm thankful for man so many of y'all that that write to us and that i've developed a little bit of a relationship with it's very encouraging for me uh, I love it. And, and so guys like, well, like Texas Ben today, he was telling me, he's, um, he sent me a message the other day. He's like, Phil, don't feel like you have to keep doing this. You know, if it gets, uh, if it gets too much, you know that you're able to step back from it, right? It's like you're, <laughs> you don't have to keep doing this. And so, you know, I appreciate the, the encouragement and stuff from, from, uh, from Texas Ben. And him helping me to keep things in perspective a little bit, which, by the way, we have no plans of, of stepping back from this. So just wanted to put that out there. But Ben wanted to make sure that I still knew I had the option, <laughs> which sometimes you can lose sight of all that. You know, sometimes you get kind of wrapped up in this stuff and and you almost feel you need people to just remind you of the obvious, you know. But so I. I find myself getting upset a lot, you know, whether it's we're, we're covering the the sexual abuse that happens a lot in the CHM or we're talking about the legalism or the manipulation or we're dealing with um you know criticism or we're playing a clip of a preacher and then trying to respond to that correctly and all that uh, a lot of times when you hear bad teaching for me anyways it aggravates me because in my opinion it binds people up spiritually it puts extra weight on them and I don't want nobody to have to deal with extra weight you know um it's aggravating. It could cause confusion. It does cause confusion. And a lot of times gets people distracted from the, from what's important um, when it comes to your walk with Christ. But being a, uh, an amateur songwriter here, I have learned over the past um, uh, years, how many ever years it has been, I've been writing. Um, man, that's a good question. It's, it's been, it's been several. But one of the things that I have learned is that when, when you feel emotions, 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's a good time to write. Because you can write a song that has something behind it. You know, if you write what you're feeling. So, I've been aggravated about a lot of this CHM stuff. And up in the air and hearing people's personal stories. And of course, they make me mad about how they've been treated and all that. And I thought, can I write a song about the CHM without it sounding corny? Without it sounding cheesy and all that kind of stuff. So, I started writing one day. And uh, I came up with this song. Now, obviously, you will be the ones to decide if it's corny or cheesy. <laughs> but um, I'm working on uh, producing that right now. Like we're, I'm, I spent some time in the studio the other night. Actually, I was in here till like 2 a.m. And uh, yeah, stumbled around like a zombie the next day at work. But I'm working on putting all that together. Uh, the song is completely written. I've done some rewriting to the verses and stuff, but the, the song, the title of it is alone to surrender. And it's written to the CHM from, from, uh, from the point of view of like, Hey, I, all this confusion and all the stuff that you all have, have tried to shove on us, the, the traditions, the man-made stuff, leave me alone so that I can just surrender to Christ and find my walk with him. Um, basically, I need the noise to stop. <laughs> I need you to quit yelling so that me and God uh, can talk to one another and get this thing figured out, you know. And so that's that's kind of the point of view it's written from. I hope that you all will like it. It should be ready to release here within the next uh, couple weeks. And we're going to release it on the podcast. A lot of times when I have a new song, I upload it to YouTube first or Facebook first, whatever. But we're not going to do that with this one. We're going to release this one directly on Hillbilly Broadcast first. And um, hopefully it'll resonate with some of y'all. And, and it, it might it might not. I mean, it might not speak anything to you. But I just kind of wrote how I felt about them. And, and hopefully it turns out okay. So I wanted to let you know that that's coming out here soon as well. Somebody talked to me the other day about an episode of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast that came out where the RFP boys were discussing 
the good things about the independent fundamental Baptists, which is the group that they come from. And they're very critical of that movement. And that movement is very similar to the CHM. Very, very similar. Very legalistic, uh, very much based on standards and, and things like that. It's just got a Baptist flair to it. But they, they did an episode where they talked about some of the things that they were thankful for with the IFB and, and some of the things that they thought was actually good with the IFB. And somebody told me, they said, Phil, you should do an episode like that and talk about maybe something that was good about the CHM. And uh, there, there was some good. I, 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 had, I had some very good memories in the CHM, and, and um, there was a lot of stuff I learned in the CHM. So I, I decided to you know, kind of pull my thoughts together and, and write down a few things that I was actually um, thankful for and I, that I think were good things that came out of me being in the CHM. And the first one I have to mention is I met Missy. That's where I met my wife. And I will never forget the first day I saw her. We were at Clinton camp. And um, I had just actually broken up with a gal a few months before I met Miss. And I realized I didn't like not having a girlfriend. I was about 16 years old. And uh, uh, I was, I was ready, ready, ready to find somebody. And we were at Clinton camp, and I remember I was standing there, and I looked up, and I seen Miss. And uh, she had her hair in braids, which for some reason I, I do like. And she had red hair, which I'm a, uh, I've always been a sucker for. And uh, I looked up there, and I saw Miss. Uh, but she had two little kids with her. And I was like, oh, okay, well, better look away, Phil. That's, uh, that's a married woman. And um, went, on about my, went on about my day. Then I was in the tabernacle. For anybody that's not CHM, that's the building on a church campground for the CHM that is basically the church. It's where we had our services, the tabernacle. And uh, mom actually leaned over and she said, did you see that girl over there? I looked up and there was Miss. I was like, yeah, I did. But I figured mom must have had more information than I did, you know. And uh, I think she mentioned something about a lady named Barbie Greiser had you know maybe mentioned something to her or something about maybe getting us to to uh kind of hooked up together there and uh, so i wound up meeting miss that night and uh, then i i met her we was eating some pizza or something here in the dining hall it was one of those after church uh things there at clinton camp and um she found out i played the guitar and, and i asked her then i was big into bluegrass music then and i asked her I said oh you like bluegrass she's like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> which she was putting on. <laughs> she doesn't like hate bluegrass, and she'll go to a bluegrass festival with me and stuff like that. But you know, it definitely uh, she definitely didn't love it. <laughs> Put it that way. But uh, so then we went back to the the our cabin there, and uh, it was on the back porch, and I played the guitar, and I wooed her with my uh, <laughs> with my mediocre music skills. <laughs> so uh, I guess the guitar uh, did did help me out in that in that respect. But yeah, so that's that's where I met Miss, and then we we got married um, about a year and a half later. So that's definitely a, a good thing. You know, that's something I'm very thankful for from the CHM. I, I, number two, I, I made a lot of memories in the CHM, a lot of good memories. This was a part of my life. This was the exclusive faith tradition that I was around for at least like 20 years of my life. 
if not more. So over the course of that time, you do, you make a lot of good memories. You meet a lot of people and you, I got to experience something too that, that most people will not experience. You know, growing up in the CHM is a unique thing. It's very, the CHM is very small. It's very small compared to the independent, the independent fundamental Baptists or the, um, the Pentecostal holiness movement. It's very small compared to those, you know, compared to the Mennonites, stuff like that. Um, of course, the Mennonites and the Amish, you know, they get more uh, attention. But the CHM just, you know, that's that's something that very few of us can relate to. And um, it's hard to get other people to, to, un- to comprehend, to understand what it was like in the CHM or what it's like to grow up. So when I find somebody, like I talked to, there, there's a guy, um, there, there's a listener of ours, Steve Moon. I love the guy. Me and him have never met each other, but we will talk on the phone for hours because we have that shared background. We both came from the CHM and you know, it just, it automatically creates this connection. And so it's, you know, it was a, it was a very unique experience and, um, uh, you know, made a lot of memories, met a lot of good people, um, things like that. I, I can tell you too, one of the memories from Clinton camp, Clinton camp baseball used to be a big thing up there which is kind of weird when you think about it because they were so much against organized sports of any kind, even down to little league folks, little league was preached against, but at Clinton camp, there was enough of us young people that, you know, one of the things they would find for us to do is play baseball. And that was a tradition up there for a long time. It kind of died off uh, uh, towards the end of my time up there, but I can remember we used to have these massive baseball games up there at Clinton camp. And, um, I always just sucked at baseball and sports in general, but man, was it fun and uh, getting out there and play. And I can remember one time I, my little brother, well, he's not little anymore, but uh, John, he was playing third base and somebody hit a line drive and just drilled him right in the knee. Uh, <laughs> there was always somebody that was getting hurt there at some point, but man, we had fun. We had fun playing baseball. We used to do a lot of pranks too. That was, we've talked about some of that here on the podcast. I need to be careful, I guess here because the, current president of Clinton camp is not a fan of pranks. And uh, our last year there, we pulled some and he said from the platform, from the stage, uh, if you all think that you could come here and do this now, granted he wasn't talking to us. He wasn't talking whoever it was that did. Let me put it this way. Whoever allegedly did these things. He said, but if you, think that you can come here and do this i will see you in magistrate court and we're like oh wow and um granted the pranks that we would pull up there i always made sure that whatever it is that we were doing was not destructive as far as like damaging property or stuff like that we just went out and had fun mainly because we heard our parents or our grandparents or some of the other older uh people what was old people then at Clinton camp talk about the pranks they used to pull. And so we're like, well, Hey, it's our turn now. Let's go do this. Uh, and I, I do remember there was a, a camp president there for a while, James Sutherland and brother Sutherland always took it so well. <laughs> I can remember somebody went up because they had a bell, this, this bell that they would ring for service. And, um, it was like this, 
outside bell, you know, and you, it's when you, uh, it's when you knew it was time for like dinner or whatever. That bell rang multiple times a day. That was kind of our signal for, you know, get to church or go to prayer meeting or whatever. Well, somebody went up there with Vaseline <laughs> and grabbed the chain where they have to, you know, grab hold, ring the bell and just greased the living heck out of that chain. And then the next morning, it was Sunday morning, and I can distinctly remember Brother Sutherland getting up there, and he's like, I want to thank whatever young person that was that took the time to grease up that bell chain. He said uh, they were concerned that it would rust, and, and thanks to them, it will not rust. He said, I was the recipient of that. And he just laughed. You know, he took us so well. And, and uh, to this day, I, I think good of Brother Sutherland because of that. He always handled He always treated me well. And, um, yeah, so we, we made a lot of memories like that. Uh, like I said, some of the others um, didn't take it as well. <laughs> but be that as it may. The third thing that, I, that I'm thankful for, I think was a good thing from the CHM, <laughs> definitely a good thing. I was introduced to Jesus there, and I became a believer in Christ while in the CHM. Now, there's been some times that I've looked back and kind of wanted to scrutinize to make sure... <laughs> that I actually did the deed of accepting Christ there, or however you want to put it, you know, that I actually did uh, get saved. And I did. I, I believed on Christ as my Savior. And now I expected a little more while I was at the altar. So I, I was praying and I was waiting on an emotional feeling because I thought that was needed. But still yet, I believed in Christ, told him, uh, believed on him, uh, however you want to phrase that, you know, repented of my sins and therefore uh, I was covered just because I was waiting for something a little extra. Uh, I don't think negates the fact that I um, accepted Christ. Now <laughs> there have been times later after I left <laughs> just to be safe. I've been like, um, God, I just want to let you know that I believe on Jesus Christ as my savior. <laughs> Just in case something was wrong back there or I did something off. <laughs> but yeah, they introduced me to Jesus. Mom and dad raised me and my brother very well. Taught us about Christ, took us to church. And um, so absolutely, 100%. That's a good thing about the CHM that, that I experienced. Number four, the, and the last thing here on my list, being a part of the CHM, and leaving it caused me to become a more grounded Christian. And here's why. I had to find out why I believed what I believed. I didn't just go with the flow. Nothing like that. And I didn't just accept somebody's answers for things. Because these questions, as they would come to me, like, um, you know, divorce, remarriage, like we referenced before. Or, you know, can a Christian drink alcohol? Or can, you know, are tattoos wrong? Or uh, can a woman wear pants? Or can a woman cut her hair? Can a man have a beard? As these questions would come to me, I would have to find the answers to them. And I feel that through all of that, that led me to become a, a more informed Christian than maybe I would have been. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to brag with any of that. I, I am not a Bible scholar, and I second-guess myself all the time on this stuff, but I feel that it did help me to become more grounded and to, to even know scripture better than I used to know, because 
these issues, I wanted to find out, are these going to send me to hell? I need to find the answer to these before I, before I make a decision on them. So that's what I would, I would search the scriptures and find it and see what it said about, about whatever topic it was. I also learned there a lot from, this is not everybody there, but I learned from a lot of CHM people what not to be when it came to being a Christian. I saw a a lot of people that I use as examples. (laughs) I use them as examples, okay. But I use them as an example of get as far away from that as you possibly can. (laughs) Don't be like that. (laughs) But um, me personally, I would not change my time in the CHM, my um, childhood in the CHM, because I think overall, and compared to many of you that have written to me, I had it better than a lot of people did. I don't have the horror stories that a lot of you all have. Some of the stories that get passed on to me are horrendous. Horrendous. So I thank God that it was a little smoother, I think, for me. Um, I still left. I'm not sorry that I left, and I feel it was right for me to leave. Um, but there were some good things. There were some good things. I'm sure there still are some good things there. I just, uh, you know, I hear, I hear good things these days I, uh, about how, like, the direction that the Allegheny Conference is, is heading. Um, the Bible Methodist Conference, I get people different times telling me that they're, they're headed in a good direction. Stuff like that. So, I don't think that just because somebody's in the CHM that like, oh, well, they're not a Christian. I don't want you to think that at all. I feel that there are good people there and that there are good things that I picked up while I was there. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, I guess that'll probably do it. But anyways, we have an episode coming up next week. I think we're recording next week. Uh, It's actually about a true crime podcast, one that ranked very high over the past, over the summer. I think they were the um, number one podcast in true crime for a while. And we're going to have... We're going to have one of the hosts of that show. Uh, she's agreed to an interview with us. Uh, the story is based around West Virginia. And so she's going to be here and, well, not here. We're, you know, virtual connection. And we're going to interview her about that. And uh, we've got LaDonna Covert coming on um, here in the near future again. Uh, going to do something a little bit different there with her. And, uh, the, man, there's there's several episodes I'm working on with people. <laughs> we've, we've got some we're, um, we're, we're going to do a little more in regards to the, the sexual abuse side of things. So we've got an episode or two lined up with that. And so a lot of things, a lot of things planned for, for the future. And I thank you all so much for, I know we're not technically at the end of the year yet, but I got my kind of end of the year report from Spotify and seen the numbers there. And I've watched the numbers, um, through red circle, our hosting platform all summer long. And, I just got to say thanks. We know that you're listening, and it is humbling that you would do that. Thank you very, very much, and we hope you stick around. I hope you spread the word about it. Um, if you disagree, let us know. We, I, I like that as well. Uh, I, I take it seriously and um, think it's necessary for me to hear opposing viewpoints. Um, so let us know if you disagree. Let us know if you do agree. What? Just send us a message. If you want to just talk, good Lord. Um, I do that a lot with 
with listeners here, whether it be on Messenger. Or a lot of times we wind up exchanging phone numbers, and next thing I know, I'm talking to somebody that I've never met at all, and, and, and we're having a heck of a time. But anyways, I love you all, and uh, looking forward to the future of this here thing. So uh, you keep listening, and we'll keep doing what we're doing. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.